a Podcast One production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife, Kath Curtin. Welcome to Q&A with Kath. Yes. Yes, Q&A with Kath. You're the Q and on the A. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you know okay. what I mean? <laughs> Question answer. Yeah. I'm the Q and on the Actually, it did take me a second. <laughs> I, <to get>. <laughs> I didn't think it registered. I just saw that look in your eye like... <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I ask the questions and Kath answers your questions. That's it. So um, today I went through the Rolodex. Um, <laughs> joking. Um, I think we're going to talk today, Kath, about waters and waters breaking. So there's a number of questions that have been sent in. Um, and so I thought we might dive deep today and um, see if we can answer some, some of people's queries. Fantastic. All right. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. The first one is... Uh, water's breaking. What are they referring to? Let's just start with that. That's a me question, by the way. Yep. Mm. So the baby is in a bag of waters, and um, which is attached to the placenta, and it's um, amniotic fluid, what we call amniotic fluid. The baby drinks the fluid. It weighs it out. It re-drinks it. And it also swallows the fluid, and that becomes the first bowel action. So the waters provide a safe, buffered, clean, sterile environment for, for the grow. baby. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's the waters. And obviously what we're referring to is that um, before you go into labour, your waters break? No. Mm. Remember? Depends. depends. There's a lot of depends. So not everyone goes into labour when their waters have broken. Some women labour and then they then their waters break. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the doctor has to do it. And occasionally, which I didn't talk before, is there's babies can be what's called born within the call. And that is that the whole bag of waters is still intact. And so it's it's an eerie yet beautiful sight mm. of the baby still inside the utero. And old wives' tales from midwives would say that babies who were born within the call would never drown. So much so that sailors used to take some of the membranes and put it on the mast of their boats because it was, yeah. Such a good... So hang on, explain that to me. You're saying that they can be born in the fluid. The whole bag. The whole bag of fluid comes out so... Oh, with the bag. Oh, so they're ah. actually born within... So it's called within the call, C-A-U-L. And so the mother you, mother passes the, the fluid and the baby's in the fluid. Okay, I get Passes the, 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 yeah. Um, and so it's it's probably not, it probably is seen more these days in a cesarean section okay. than um, I would seen that, you know, vaginally that, the you know, the baby would come out with the membranes over its face. It was, it really is quite eerie, but yeah. still... Mother Nature, you know, yeah. and the way way it happens. So, if it's born completely within the cord, you can actually see how the baby is living inside this membrane, and then the doctors just break the waters and the baby. The yeah, oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Rare, yes, yeah, yeah okay. that's not, but great, but but not uncommon. You yeah. know, like it's, it, ha- it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. 
if your waters break, does that mean labour has been initiated? And I think you've just you've just answered that, but just to re yes. Yeah, so no. So some women their waters can break, but they don't come into labour because the baby's in a, um, an environment that is protected. Mm. Once the waters break, there's a risk of ascending infection and that infection can actually go to the mother or baby or both and they can get very sick. So once the waters have broken, it's very important that you go to the doctors, go go to the hospital and be seen. But it doesn't mean that you're going to labour. There's so many variables, you know, like sometimes if women are being induced, they have to have their waters broken Mm. by the doctor. How does that happen? So um, there's there's an instrument that looks about six foot long, but it's only it's only that long because it actually needs to be guided into the vagina. Mm. And at the end of the um, instrument, it's called they're called alligator forceps mm. because the little thing at the end looks like an alligator's mouth. And what they do is they just pinch the bag of membranes, and the waters are broken. Okay, so that's done in situations when induction of labour is necessary and the waters have to be broken or labour is not progressing and the doctor, what we call, augments the labour. It sort of puts it on, uh, brings it on so that the uterus can actually do some very good, strong contractions to progress labour. Great. So the takeout then is that um, you can have contractions at home and if you haven't already listened, you can go back and listen to um, the Q&A contractions with cows. Um, but you can have contractions at home and not have your waters broken. But once they break, you should go to the hospital. You really should. Um, but always call beforehand, always ring the hospital because running a labour ward, <clears throat> there's nothing uh, like sometimes you're there and there's no patients. Mm. Seriously, it's sort of like you don't say to each other, it's, it's quiet because I've been in hospitals where no patients sitting there, we're waiting Within an hour, we can have a full labour ward. Yeah, yeah, it's like that, and that's the that's the beauty and the fun and <laughs> the enjoyment of the job. So, question number three: This beautiful listener has prefaced the question with stupid question. Do you recommend getting a waterproof mattress protector just in case the waters break overnight? Firstly, just before Kathy, you answer: No such thing as a stupid question. That's right. Team, that's right. ask any question. All right. Well. <sighs> Again, it's a yes and no, like, uh, because not everyone's water is going to break. It, and But the thing is with the amniotic fluid is that um, if it gets on leather, especially leather car seats or your shoes, it actually can sort of degrade. Um, they, they can sort of, um, sort of rot a bit. So what I would be doing, you could put um, plastic on your bed, that's fine. But in the car, if you've got leather seats, I would always put a couple of those big, huge orange rubbish bags. Garbage bags. Some old towels and then you put the the rubbish bag down first, a few towels and a towel up between your legs and go to the hospital if your waters are broken because amniotic fluid on leather, it just eats away. So much so I was talking to a doctor once, I'm like, you've got odd shoes on, do you know? And he goes, nah, just got more amniotic fluid on this one than the other. Really? Yeah. So is it? Acidic. Um, yeah, it's just it's just the composition of it. It's um, you, you know, like you go through a lot of shoes when you're a midwife, especially when you work work in labour ward. Kath, is there inconsistencies between um, how much 
um, fluid. Like, is it that I think that um, we've talked briefly about it, but um, in movies, you know, it's the, yeah. it's the big. Psh. Yeah. So sometimes it can be, and that's the um, usually the waters, the four waters that are sitting in front of the baby's head. Mm. In that situation, you can actually be feeling quite uncomfortable because the pressure on your cervix can make you feel a little nauseated mm. and like sort of a lot of deep pressure. When those waters break, and you know, as I said before, you can hear the pop sometimes, the relief is like, thank God, <laughs> it's gone. So also the waters can break up behind the baby and that's called a hind water leak mm. and that tends to just leak. So even though women have um, an increased vaginal discharge during pregnancy anyway and that's part of Mother Nature helping us for labour and birth, um, but the um, hind waters leaking, you have to sort of be really aware that you know it's ha- it's happened rather than ignoring that because it still can be your waters have broken. And you, and then you risk infection. infection. So, so is there a telltale sign? Well, it's it's the, first of all, the, the gush, yeah. And also I really encourage women, only because in a, a supermarket a couple of weeks ago, I just happened to look about how many thousands of different pads are available mm. for women. Mm. Like women my age, we had one, you know, that's all. Um but there's so many pads, just putting a pad on because you can, you know, the, the the amniotic fluid has a characteristic smell. It's not offensive. It doesn't smell like urine, but it's um, sort of has like a purity sort of sweetish smell to it. If anything is not offensive or smells like not good, that's an issue you certainly need to go. But any time you think the waters have broken, even if you're not sure, the test to do it is so easy and the doctors or midwives can do that little test and then just say, you know what, it's not your waters, it's just an increased vaginal discharge, so go home. Or it is. So err on the side of caution. Always. Call your, your obstetrician gynaecologist call and go and check it out. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Um, can sex break your waters? Um, not itself, but it's because that like having sex and certainly having an orgasm can contract the um, uterus um, and your waters can break um, before, during or after sex. Mm. Um, but <laughs> a story that I've got to tell you, one lady went over to um, have her legs waxed um, before she had her babies and she phoned up, she goes, Kath, I'm like, yeah, she said my waters have broken. And I'm like, right? And she was in a big shopping mall. I said, "What's why? why? She goes, I was having my legs and I'm waxed and my waters broke and the beauty therapist has fainted. (laughs) (laughs) Is that legitimate? Oh, true. 100% true. (laughs) So she's just sitting there like, oh, get She's like, what do I do? I'm like, first of all, you got to get to it. Then she said the best thing is she had um, police ambulance, um, uh, uh, the security, management. management, security, everyone. And she said people just parted ways <laughs> like the water. <laughs> Good order. Very funny. That's very hilarious. funny. Yeah, yeah. True story. 100% true. 100% true. Uh, now, was that just, she didn't, the waxing of the legs didn't cause the no, waters no, no, to break. No. Let's just be clear about that. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, yeah. The time. Yeah, yeah. And it's, the girl got the poor doll. She was probably, you know, 20 or something. Can you imagine? <laughs> 
<laughs> but the thing is that, Brooke, a lot of women feel that it's their, their they've lost control of their bladder when their waters break because what we've got to compare to is that urine comes out and it's warm. Mm. So um, when women have um, their waters have broken, they, they think, oh, my God, I've lost control of my bladder. But the, the bladder and the bowel both have sphincters, like muscles that stop, we can stop our urine, we can stop our bowel action, but the vagina doesn't. So when the fluid's coming out, it just comes out and it's uncontrolled. So Tell it's uncontrolled on. and it's also very warm because it's about our internal body heat. So the water is warm and psychologically it feels like you've wet your pants with urine. And I look if I had a dollar for every time I hello them go I think I've I think I've um um I've wet my pants yeah no no, no, you've, no. You've, you've, we're headed to hospital that's yeah what's going exactly on. isn't yeah. that great um when they and I think by they they mean the obstetrician and gynaecologist break the waters yes we've spoke about that yep. does the pain increase immediately. It can, yeah, mm. it can. It, again, it depends if you're actually, there's that word again, um, it depends if you're in labour. If you're in labour and your waters are broken, which is what we call augment or augmentation of labour, so it actually brings it on a bit faster, the the, the baby's head's, head nestles down onto the cervix and, yep, it's pretty rugged. Yep, yep. straight away. Yep. Right. Can your waters break slowly over a couple of weeks towards the end of the pregnancy? Well, this is what I was just talking about, this hind water leak, and it's always best to check. You know, it's always best to check. Even you go in and they go, no, go home, because if it is your waters, the infection can be quite severe to mothers and babies. So um, uh, if you feel, that's what I was talking about, the pads, like, Put smell. a pad on and, yeah, and then you can compare your loss. Always take the pad in, even if you have some um, bleeding during pregnancy, put it in a plastic bag. I know it sounds like, but we all love that stuff. So we can look at the pad and smell what it is. And um, it's, well, when I started, it was all about smelling. You know, that's how we, that's how we sort of mm. diagnose. But they can do a test. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. All right. So again, Reiterating, if you if you know, just err on the side of caution. Yeah, exactly. Go in, see your, your gynecologist, obstetrician, your midwife, yeah. um, the doctor. Do it, do it, do it, do it, yep. do it. Okay. Breach baby, planning on elective C surgery. So this one listener, she's planning on having a C surgery. Just wondering if they break your waters before going in. Well, no. So a breach a baby that's in a breach presentation, first of all, we can't control what position the baby's in. So if I go back to the 70s, I won't, I won't be there long, Brooke, but <laughs> if I go back to the 70s, because we didn't have ultrasounds and um, antenatal care was quite different, we would have women arriving in labour ward um, with what we call an undiagnosed breach. So um, they didn't know that their baby was breech. So breech babies back then, we would deliver vaginally. Because there seemed to be, there were because it's not the head first and it comes out easier, there's a lot of, of the body that has to be touched before the head is delivered. So when, when epidurals improved, when um, caesarean section theatres improved, probably late 80s, 90s, a lot of babies who were breached, it was an elective caesarean section. And in that situation, 
you just go in and have, you know, a cesarean section. But you don't have your waters broken. The doctor breaks the waters as he does the cesarean section. As he delivers. So you, yep. So they go through so many layers, like the skin and the muscle, the fat, all that mm. sort of stuff. And then you get to the uterus and you cut the, the, the uterus. And the noise of um, them sucking out the fluid around the baby, that means you're going to have a baby very soon because right. it, you're close. So um, with the breach... Again, <clears throat> maybe not done as much now, but it's called external version. So some doctors actually want to turn the baby externally mm. to be in a head first position because there are benefits of being a head first as far as giving birth. But what they've done, what, what I've seen over many years is one that it's, it's very uncomfortable for women, like very uncomfortable. And the other thing is that if they do turn the baby Sometimes an hour, sometimes a day, sometimes a week later, the baby just flips back to exactly where it was. So that wasn't always possible. Possible, and it wasn't always done because it hurts the mm-hmm. mum, and the baby's going to turn around anyway. So yeah, yeah they, sometimes they give it a go. Okay, so they you don't you don't have your waters broken before you have a C section. They do it while you are actually having your C section. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm. Can you have? Oh, oh, this is interesting. Can you have a water birth if your waters have broken? Well, again. It's a curly one, right? Well, it sort of is, but you can go into a bath, um, you know, obviously when you're having a water birth, you're in a bath, and um, if if your waters have already broken, it's not advised to hop in a bath because of, again, that risk of ascending infection. When you're in a bath, you can't measure a if your waters have broken, or you can't even measure blood loss, because if you put ten mils of blood in a bath and four hundred mils of blood in a bath, it's sort of, you know, it goes. You can't sort of measure it. Mm. So if you're if you're actually labouring in the bath and your waters break, that's that's what happens. But you don't hop in a bath if they've um, if they've already broken. But I know some people that that have know. and do. Yep. All right. So it's a really it's a depends question. I sorry. And it also I, depends on the doctor, midwife, where where you're yeah, yeah. where where you're having your mm. um, birth birth. Mm. Yeah, where you're having a birth. Okay, cool. So it depends on all those things. Um, thanks for that, Kath. Hi, midwife Kath. Um, my wife is 21 weeks pregnant. We're thrilled. Question. What is the best advice you can give the husband, in brackets me, between wars breaking and labour to, to the birth? You've got to ring the hospital or the doctor or the midwife. Like, you have to have some advice. And if your waters have broken, you need to go into the hospital. If you're in labour and your waters are broken, you've got to hot-foot it into the hospital because, as you were saying before, it does it does tend to speed it up. So for a partner, though, would, would, would one of the bits of advice be to have prepped the bag, know your plan, how to get to the hospital. Just drive. Just drive. Yep. Just get in and go. Yep. Nice yep. and calm. Nice and calm. Yep. Um, and and if there, it's a good question though, Brooke, because, um, you know, with traffic, it can be, you know, it can it's a difference between an hour sometimes in the capital cities. So if you're ever worried, you call an ambulance and you get there a lot quicker. Oh, that's a good idea. Yep. Yeah, good advice. Yeah. So um, do a pre-pack, understand what we're taking to the hospital would be good advice? Well, it? that 
I I usually suggest to get it your bags packed in about 25, 30 weeks. I've got a list on my website yeah. of what to put in. Um, and so I usually say get it done, put it in the boot, put it in another room. It's there. You just have to pick it up and go. Yeah, and you're ready. You're ready. Yeah. yeah. Have it all organised because yeah. you need to. Mm. You don't know when it's going to happen. It's one of life's little mysteries. So exciting. Yeah. Next question, if your baby does pass meconium in the waters, does that mean that your labour is going to be quicker? Now, no. what's meconium first, Kat? Okay, so meconium is the first bowel action that the baby passes. So the baby swallows the fluid, the amniotic fluid, and it ends up in the bowel as the baby's first bowel action. It's sort of tarry-like, it's sticky, it's sterile, and it doesn't smell. So if a baby any time during pregnancy and or labour, has a level of distress, they actually can pass their first bowel action in, in the bag of waters. Now, the the fluid around the baby, without the, the normal fluid around the baby is clear and babies do what we call practice breathing. They don't actually take a breath because that's what the placenta is doing, all of that, but the muscles in the lungs do a little practice. The other thing is that that fluid around the baby is accepted by the body. Like, it, it, it's fine. When and if meconium has been passed, meconium is quite an irritant to the lungs. Mm. So the baby can get quite sick afterwards. So if the waters break, they should be clear, the water, sometimes a bit pink because the cervix opens and bleeds, a bit pink. But if they're black or green, that's the meconium and you really need to get in. And the do- and it doesn't change how labour happens. It changes the outcome as far as if you're not in labour, how many weeks you are, you might have a caesarean section rather than labouring because we already know the baby has had some level of distress. distress. Okay, yeah. that's really interesting. Mm. So that is all the questions I have thus far about waters breaking. And is there anything else that I haven't covered? Hmm. Sounds like a really interesting experience. <laughs> it really is. And women, as I said first, they can be very uncomfortable beforehand and it's quite a relief for some women when, oh, thank God. Yeah. I just love that story about, you know, getting your, your the legs, beaut- the legs waxed, <laughs> the beautician's passed out. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's great. gorgeous. Again, thanks everyone for your questions. Um, I hope if you were after information about waters breaking, this has been really helpful. Um, Again, if you have any other questions, please send them through. Um, And remember, there is no question that is a stupid question. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Kat. Thanks, Brooke. This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Birth, Baby and Beyond is recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne, Australia. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and music by Matt Nikolic.